thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sensational co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's the rock star chiropractor and naturopath, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, Damo? Excellent. Thanks, MP. It's great to be on another call with you today. I'm so excited about this one in oh, particular. We, we do love our 100 Not Out, and Damo, you and I both know, especially in the chiropractic world, that the brain controls every single cell and function within the body and we have on the line today another fabulous lady who knows and recognizes this she's written a sensational book with her husband called brain gold Mm. reboot your over 50 brain and may i say it is a fabulous resource it's a ripper uh, it is to have at any age. It's a great roadmap to aging well, and, and we recommend it to anyone both over and under 50. So, Damo, today joining us from Tucson, Arizona in America, it's a warm 100 not out welcome to Deanne Albin. Hi, Deanne. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for that marvelous introduction. I love it when Marcus turns on an American accent. He almost gets it right. You know, it's, it's pretty good. It's yeah, he said Tucson, Arizona, just like he lives here. It, well, you know what it is? It actually comes from a game of golf, like it's a computer game version of golf. And, and, and I think that's where you get it from, isn't it, MP? I just remember from the old radio days crossing live to, uh, <laughs> to golf tournaments to yeah. Tucson, Arizona. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about with Deanne today, and I'm pumped about this because Deanne wrote a book. Deanne wrote a book. I've got a, I work with somebody called Deanne, so it's going to be confusing for me, even though it's a simple name. Uh, I might have to do this whole program for you, uh, for getting my brain back. I'm only 39, and I feel like I've got a 50-year-old brain sometimes. But uh, a great book on uh, on mental uh, aging, and I'll let you go into more of that, Marcus. But I am very excited to have Deanne on the phone today. Well, Dan, there's so many things that we can go to go with here. I mean, suppose if we start with the slant of the book, and that is that you're looking at um, middle-aged mental decline being the first symptom of, of age-associated dysfunction. Do you want to just expand for people listening what you mean by middle-aged mental decline? Sure. I think the most uh, common thing that people think of is having senior moments, but it's actually a lot more than that. Um, When people start to have mental decline, they'll find they can't focus, they can't concentrate, they'll read a page of a book and realize they don't remember what they just read, Uh, they have lack of confidence when they're doing things that are uh, difficult or like getting into a um, heavy traffic situation, they'll they'll find that their driving skills aren't as good as they could be, Uh, their creativity might be down. It's really a lot more than memory loss, it's really the whole brain dysfunction that we're looking at here and you can i just say here that people are kind of experiencing this i know that the slant is to the 50 pluses but you know in my living days i think people are beginning to experience this in their 30s and their 40s it's something that they feel that they're just not quite as sharp as what they used to be have you found that as well well i don't really know too many people in their 30s and 40s um yeah okay (laughs) Well, you're talking to two guys in the 30s. There's two of us here. But we're in our we're in our fifties, and we actually live in a retirement community. And so most of the people we know are in their 
60s and even even older. Um, but yes, I am aware of that. I mean, I, I do hear of that and I read different things online. You know, you get on a forum and people saying, I can't, I can't think. And then you read and it says they're 21 years old. And I'm thinking, my goodness, um, the modern lifestyle is just not conducive to brain health. Considering all the things the average brain is up against, it's kind of amazing that most people can think at all. It's, uh, it's such we, a great, that's put, a great point, Dan. What, you know, just for the average person listening to this, because, you know, we, everyone's listening to this and there's different various, you know, various levels of understanding of how the brain works. What are some of all of the things that we, our brain has to deal with on a daily basis so that people can kind of get their head around how, how they might be involved in this? Because many people think, oh, well, you know, it's not going to really affect me. No, I don't, you know, my brain's fine. But if we can rattle off, say, 10 or 15 different things that, they, that people on a daily basis come into contact with that's affecting their brain, could we you know, maybe do that? I'm sure. The, uh, our website and our book are both set up around this idea of six pillars of brain health. Mm-hmm. And um, so maybe what I could do is just tell you what the six pillars are and a couple of salient points about each pillar and how our modern lifestyle affects Beautiful. those. Does that sound good? Yeah, great. Okay. Well, the first one is my is my baby. This is my real passion is nutrition. Um, most people eat, eating a modern diet are eating processed food. They're eating too much sugar, too much salt. Uh, they're eating uh, carbs, the wrong kind of carbs. They're not getting the healthy oils in their diet. Uh, they're eating unhealthy uh, sources of protein. They're not getting the grass-fed meat and the wild-caught salmon to get the omega-3s they need for their brain. Um, People that are on diets particularly go on low-fat diets, and they don't get healthy fat at all. Mm. Um, And a lot of people that go on weight-loss diets... They, you know, people on our diets are not fun to be around. They get dizzy. They like like headed and grouchy. <laughs> they don't eat. They're not getting the proper blood glucose stream to the brain. Uh, your brain cells actually can't store energy, so they need a continual, constant stream of glucose. Not too much. Not too little to be optimal. And the modern diet is not conducive to this at all. It's an interesting point. You know, one of the things that I identified very early on in my practice, and I'm a naturopath and a chiropractor, and when I was helping people lose weight, those people who came in who had been on a low-fat eating program, they were slow in their cognition, they were slow to answer, they were depressed, they didn't sleep well, they were moody, grumpy, They had, you know, if they were female, they had pre- and post-menstrual um, symptoms. There was a whole lot of stuff that went on with this whole low-fat thing, and low-fat's been pushed towards us um, and handed to us on a plate from many people across the world because if you decrease fat, you decrease calories in large amounts. But it's probably one of the most dangerous things that you could do because inadvertently when you bump up your fat, you're going to – sorry, when you drop down your fat, you're going to bump up your carbohydrate consumption. And you're right, carbohydrates, especially what – you know, I was in the United States recently. You guys put a lot of sugar in your bread. We don't have as much sugar in bread over here, but we have a lot of carbohydrates. We've got similar issues over here. With, uh, with sugar is what you do over there. And I, I do see that as being a problem. You mentioned healthy fats. What are the sorts of healthy fats that people should be having? I like to focus on two fats, olive oil and coconut oil. Um, pe- people really need to trade in their 
canola oil and their soy and their corn oil. Ross Brand. Um, most people don't even know what where canola oil comes from. It sounds good. Um, it's in everything. I get very dismayed here because even if you go to a health food store, uh, anything, you know, cereal, crackers, snack foods, processed food, it's canola, canola, canola. People are and, so uh, confused. They, go, they buy vegetable oil at the supermarket thinking that they're somehow getting oil out of a vegetable, and it's canola oil. <laughs> That's or soy, a, or soy, boy, or soy. soy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, terrible. There's a real confusion, and this is why you know this kind of topic it just has to be hammered home because, yeah, as you say, olive oil and coconut oil, you can't go wrong, but people have to realise that every other oil on the shelf is just not going to serve them in any way, shape, or form. Macadamia oil is good. I like that. That's a good one. Do, do you get that over there in the States? Do we get what? I'm sorry? Macadamia nut oil. Oh, um, you can get it, but it's not popular. Right. I imagine it would be very expensive. Macadamia nuts here are are crazy expensive. Yeah, it's, it's, I suppose it's one of the treats we have here in Australia. They grow like crazy, but it's uh, it's a great oil too. So bundled up with the olive oil and the coconut oil, I'd whack in their macadamia because it's very rich in monounsaturated fats, which is, of course, where we're going with this. That's it. Well, that's interesting. I will definitely definitely keep that in mind. Um, you know, back to canola. I mean, yeah. the average person, if you were to ask them what's – where does canola oil from, come from? They wouldn't know. There is no canola plant. Uh, canola means Canadian oil, low acid, and it's a genetically modified uh, rapeseed that the Canadian government has sponsored. And it's not really a naturally occurring food source, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and um, there's a whole lot of stuff around rapeseed, isn't there, of course? And so there's... Uh, you know, there's issues as to what, you know, the history of rapeseed and the cyanide levels in rapeseed and all those sorts of things. So we've got to be mindful of all that sort of thing. So, yeah, the, the fat thing is such an interesting thing. The protein thing you touched on before, which I really love the idea of understanding more about grass fed. What's the implication of having, um, you know, poor quality meats in Australia? We get, a lot of people are moving towards the mottling of the meat. You know, they're trying to get the wagyu. But uh, we try to caution them against that. Can you talk more about that? Oh, sure. Um here we have most of the meat you get if you go to the grocery store it will inevitably be factory farm raised um and same with fish if you buy salmon which is supposed to be very good brain food um you will almost inevitably get farm raised salmon even if it says wild salmon it's probably not they mislabel it which ticks me off greatly it's not easy to get wild salmon these days is it and it's colored with the 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 synthetic compound as a taxanthin to make it look pretty, but most of the time it's grey when it's caught, isn't it? Yes, that's that's true. Um, I, I had written a post recently about how they treat farm-raised salmon, and I was just appalled. They feed them uh, fish chow, which is made up of what they call undesirable fish parts, which means, you know, you can imagine, and they put chicken pellets in it. Now, chicken pellets chicken. are made up of... Any, any part of the chicken, including the beaks, feathers, feet, and including chicken poop. Wow. Yeah, well, Very definitely not the, uh, not the ideal diet for fish. And also, obviously, that uh, I heard Damien say on uh, the Wellness Guys the other day that, that um, grain-fed and uh, farm-raised uh, fish traditionally have, you know, upwards of 50... Um, that, that was true. Second... I'll just cover that. You just dropped off there, Marcus. But I did say that you know, uh, farmed farmed fish have upwards of less than fifty percent less omega three fatty acids. So yeah, know, that's right. Yeah, 
and, and the other problem with is you can imagine with this uh, fish chow that they feed them, it takes 15 pounds of feed to get one pound of salmon. So all the contaminants in these low-quality fish and in this chicken garbage gets concentrated. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So moving on to the other six pillars, um, let's uh, let's consider some of the other six pillars. What we've noticed in interviewing a whole lot of people about this aging process, Deanne, is that people who don't exercise, people who are unengaged, people who um, are disinterested are the ones that tend to age faster. In your experience in looking at the six pillars, do, do they factor in the six pillars? Oh, absolutely. Um, all, all of these impact your aging of your body and your brain tremendously. So, um, phys- f- physical exercise, for example, actually changes... I thought this was so fascinating, but it actually changes not only your brain function, but your your brain structure. Uh, Someone who exercises regularly, it increases the neurotransmitters, the neural connections, and it actually stimulates new brain cell formation. There's a compound called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, Mm -hmm. that is stimulated when you exercise, and that stimulates new brain cell formation. So someone who exercises versus someone who doesn't, and this becomes more prominent as you get older you know when you when you reach 50 60 you get the brain you earned you know you get the brain that you deserve from the lifestyle that you've had Um, (laughs) but you actually have a bigger you actually have a bigger brain than someone who didn't exercise all their life yeah yeah that's that's a very important point and i love the idea that if people start exercising they can get a bigger brain that you know may even improve your intelligence potentially if you're getting more brain cells surely that's got to be a great thing but certainly you know when you don't exercise there's an effect on other sorts of hormones obviously melatonin serotonin adrenaline cortisol all these sorts of things kind of get marked up and one of the things that i know that you mentioned in the book um about the six pillars is that uh reduce sleep um, tends to be one of these factors with mental decline. Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Um, decent sleep is not optional for your brain. Your brain needs sleep. It's during sleep that your brain repairs itself. Uh, you create new brain cells during sleep, and you also consolidate new memories while you sleep. Uh, the dreams that you have aren't just there for fun. They actually are an integral part of forming new memories from things that happen to you during the day. Mm-hmm. It's been said that even one week of bad sleep can affect the activity of over 700 genes. Gee. I, th- I thought that was really amazing. That's profound. Yeah. That's profound. That's, uh, that's actually quite a shock for a lot of people, I think, because we're moving into a phase here in Australia, and potentially I think you might be over there in the States as well, of looking at nutrigenomics and the impact of epigenetic control. And so people are looking at their genes and they're thinking, okay, how can I influence um, my environment, change my environment so I get a better, a better role play, so I live my life differently based on the genetic uh, information that I've been given by mum and dad. So to hear that you can influence so many genes just by sleeping better, that's, that's quite profound. That's, that's enormous. What about um, the, you know, the other sorts of toxins that we might have in our air? What, you know, we've got air pollution, you know, even anything from PCBs to you know, um, carbon monoxide and these sorts of things, but also EMR, electromagnetic radiation. Is, is that a really big thing? Are we talking like something that's concerning? We should be worried about all the Wi-Fi, the cell towers, the mobile phones. Is that something oh we should worry goodness. about? Oh, my goodness. 
Yes, abs- absolutely. Okay. Um, this, the sixth pillar covers what we call brain drains, which is the first five pillars are things you should do, but the sixth pillar is sort of things you need to avoid. And they, there are so many things in our environment that abuse our, our brains. Um, it's frightening. Uh, yeah, the electromagnetic exposure, you know, we really don't know what it does to our brains, but it's strongly suspected that it causes brain cancer. Um, it just doesn't make sense to expose your brains to this stuff any more than you have to. Um, I, I was appalled to learn that half of Americans go to bed at night with their cell phone on by their head. Wow. You, they use it as an alarm clock to wake them up. But don't they turn it off? Do they, they leave it going, do they? Leave it on. No, they leave it on. Oh my my son does that. I, I, it drives me crazy. But we go, um, you know, we go kind of to extremes. I mean, we turn off everything at night. We turn off the breaker switches to the, you know, all the electronics, and we, you know, we we do our best. But I know we're still getting exposed just because we turn it off doesn't mean it's not going through the air. But you know, it only makes sense to take some of these basic precautions. Um, you know, some other things in in our environment are. Uh, fluoride in the water that's been shown by Harvard University to actually decrease IQ. Um, do you all have fluoride in your water in Australia? Yeah, yeah many states do. Definitely contentious, isn't it? It's one of those yeah. things. In fact, Brisbane or Queensland have actually decided to take fluoride out of the water, which is amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I have to. I have to ask. This is really a question without notice, and, and with all of the people that we've interviewed on the on the One Hundred Not Out podcast, it's almost becoming the elephant in the room. And it's this: there are a number of people out there that actually do have quality and quantity of life, but they don't necessarily eat well. Uh, we know that they exercise. That's definitely one of the most common factors. But I'm starting to kind of form a view that different generations have to have different lifestyles in order to age well. Because like you've said, over the last 60 years or so, our lifestyles really have changed. We don't move anywhere near as much. Our uh, food quality is much uh, is, is far less than what it was six or seven decades ago. But the people that are 100 or even in their 90s and 80s uh, today, they still have a lot of white sugar. They still eat a lot of wheat. They still have relatively what we would call poor lifestyles, but they seem to be aging more... They still seem to be aging quite gracefully. So do you think we just need to be more on high alert these days, Deanne, because there are more toxins in our world, be them physical, chemical, emotional toxins than what there were six or seven decades ago? Oh, absolutely. I I think you've hit on just a really, really important point. Um, I've been listening to all the podcasts that you have, and there was one, and I'm sorry I don't recall the gentleman, but it was an elderly man, a doctor, who said that he he didn't think it mattered what you ate. Walter Balls, wasn't it? Well, yes. Yes, yes. And as I was listening to that, I was thinking to myself, well, that's all well and good for you, buddy, because you were born in 19... you know, 20 yeah. or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever, but that's just not going to happen now. Um, you know, even with all the health care we have and the information we have, the baby boomer generation, my generation, is less 
healthy than the older generation, and I think you're going to see that become the case more and more. Um, you know, I look at my, I'll just take my dad as an example. He was raised in a farm. Everything they ate, they grew themselves. Mm, they went yeah. to town once a year and bought a bag of sugar, a bag of flour, and a bag of coffee. But everything else they either, you know, killed, fished, picked, foraged, or grew. So he was raised a totally organic diet. And um, he had the worst possible lifestyle you can imagine. I mean, he would sit down. He smoked. He would sit down at night with a bowl of jelly beans and eat it with a spoon like cereal. (laughs) And um, and he's 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 no longer you know he's no longer with us. But he was a very hale and hearty person, and it really ticked my mom off because she was so health conscious, and he was healthier than her. Um, So I think that. That, yeah, they, they can get away with it because they've, they've got, they're, they're, you know, go back to epigenetics, their genes haven't been assaulted during their formative years with all the things that our kids' genes are being assaulted with. So what you're talking about and I think is what we're talking about is, is we need to practice vigilance in today's day and age because we are just exposed to more toxic factors than, say, your father was when he was a child. Oh, absolutely. The thing that gets me is you said something before and it's ringing through my head and maybe it's just bouncing around in my empty head, I'm not sure, but it's actually (laughs) definitely ringing through my head and you said you get the brain you deserve or the brain that you um, built for yourself, you know, which I think that's profound, you know, like I'm thinking right right now, I'm I'm turning 40 this year, when when do we actually get given that brain that we deserved or that that we earned? What, is that something that happens? You know the answer to that question, Damo. You well, do it every day yourself. You well, create your own brain every day. Well, is it something that, you know, it becomes – do we get to do we ever get to a point – Marcus, don't make me feel bad. Marcus, <laughs> do, we, do we get to a point where it's too late, there's no return? I don't think so. Um, even people with Alzheimer's – if given the right mental stimulation, there's been things like brain training that have helped them. I was just reading something today about how music can help reach people with Alzheimer's and how people that maybe haven't spoken in a year, they have listen to an old song and they'll start singing, that this can really bring them around. Um, exercise has been found to help people that are in advanced stages so i say there's hope for you guys and um, Damo Damo has a wonderful brain Damo's very hard on himself Deanne every every time we interview someone he's he's knocking his 39 years or he's doing something but Damo is (laughs) a very intelligent wise man and he has a fabulous brain you know I think it's because I'm 39 yeah Deanne the the reason why we started this podcast is because I was a bit fearful of you know reaching 40 and Marcus said come on let's find out more about this and Marcus has got a really He's got an interest in this, and so do I. I'm really fascinated with this whole aging process. I'm wanting to stay young forever. I want to live to my 120, and and so for me, you know, understanding all these sorts of things is quite you know paramount. And I'm loving the information that we're getting. We did get from one person, and it might have been Walter Bortz. He said that uh, Alzheimer's is essentially diabetes of the brain, and uh, and I found that to be you know very very interesting because I, I know of a lot of people whose mental decline appears more rapid as they uh, do 
more poorly with sugar or carbohydrate consumption. So um, the nutritional things that you touched on before, and the day that we interviewed uh, Walter Bortz, there was some research that came out that said that calories are no longer now considered to be calories. In other words, there's different degrees of calories. So you've got quality versus quantity um, versus you know, what was once presumed to be calories, a calorie is a calorie. Um, so now we know that there's different sorts of foods provide different sorts of energy, you know, types on, on top of calories. So this, all this information appears to be shifting, but the one thing that we all keep on coming back to is engagement, purpose, um, mental um, aptitude, exercise, um, and nutrition appears to be more important in the formative years. Do you have a comment on something like that? Well, actually, I'd like to comment on your diabetes of the brain, if you don't mind, and then yeah. maybe we, we can get back to this. Love it. But, yes, I I have heard that and believe that that could possibly be true. I don't know if it's true in all cases for, uh, you know, if every Alzheimer's is diabetes of the brain, but um, the brain cells become less receptive to glucose, and glucose is their main fuel supply. So the brain cells aren't being properly nourished. So, however, you can get around that back to your coconut oil. Um, the medium chain fats in coconut oil are broken down into ketones by the liver, and can actually get across the blood. blood I, excuse me, I get tongue twisted on this. The blood brain barrier, <laughs> and provide instant energy to the brain cells. So you don't need sugar, and that's why some people with Alzheimer's have responded very well to the either coconut oil or taking MCT oils. Yeah. Uh, some of the, the drug companies are looking at this. Uh, there's one medica- uh, medical food called Exana that you have to buy by prescription, but based on the same principle. And, of course, it costs a heck of a lot more than coconut oil does. I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. Well, whenever there's yeah. money to be made, you know, the drug companies will be, will be all over it. They'll be there. Well, this has been, we have covered about 0.05% of your fabulous book, Deanne. I just want to remind listeners before we wrap it up, you can go to the Wellness Couch website on our episode page or you can go to the Wellness Couch (coughs) Facebook page to uh, purchase a copy of Brain Gold. But, I mean, we've covered some wonderful things here. We must include coconut oil in the diet. We must be exercising regularly. We must be getting some really good other essential fatty acids in the diet, not to go too carb-heavy and to be vigilant, especially in the early years. Deanne, we want to thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. It's been an absolute privilege to speak with you today. Oh, you're welcome. It's been so fun. I so much enjoyed it, and I have to say the time has flown. I thought we'd been talking about five minutes. I could talk about brain health all day. Yeah, we could do it forever. Uh, Damo, it's another edition of 100 uh, 100 Not Out saying over and out. Remember, folks, we would always love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, but the best way is to go to our website, www.thewellnesscouch.com slash 100 not out. Also, remember, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. But until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Hi, Dr. Lawrence Tam here from The Wellness Guy Show. If you listened to our podcast towards the end of last year on goal setting, you know a big focus for us in 2013 is getting to know our listeners more. So far, we've done a wellness summit on the Gold Coast. We have one coming up in Melbourne in August and our first ever retreat coming up in September in Fiji. But still, that is not enough for you guys. You guys are wanting more. So we have invited the sensational Karen Smith from Up for a Chat down to Melbourne on Friday, June the 14th for a special one day only intensive seminar called the wellness breakthrough this intensity of this seminar is going to be electric the three of us brett damien myself and karen smith helping you break through to the next level on your mind your body and your soul tickets are 97 dollars, but up until june the 1st we're holding a special for just 50 dollars, and you can even bring a friend for free if you want to book your seats for this just go to thewellnesscouch.com and click on events see you there